You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Proof Text. I am Michael Halcombe, and in this episode, we're thinking about the fallacy of the week. Now, I've been thinking about uh, the idea of maybe creating a short course on some core or key fallacies that maybe we can make available through Glossa House, uh, because I've had some people asking about that. And I think it could be helpful maybe to get to 15, 20 fallacies or so that are just very common, that if you know them, you can call them out by name. So perhaps that's on the horizon. But here, I want to draw our attention to the question, what is biblical? Okay, because this is what this week's fallacy revolves around, that term biblical. And we hear it a lot, and I'm seeing it more and more often used to make points that are fallacious. And that's because undergirding the fallacious point is none other than a fallacy. So we're going to look at a couple examples here, and then we're going to talk about what that word biblical is doing and what it means, maybe some of the history behind the suffix ikker ikkel, right? So um, let me go ahead and share a couple of posts that I've seen floating around uh, recently, and we'll start here. Actually, let's just go here. The first one is, if you're watching the screen, someone posted this. It says, biblical, there it is, there's that word, biblical examples. Now, notice they didn't say examples from the Bible. And I think this is a purposeful rhetorical move. If it's not purposeful, as in like a sleight of hand, then it's ignorant. (laughs) Um, So they could have easily said examples from the Bible. But that would mean something totally different than biblical, right? But that's what they say. They say biblical examples of marriage include incest, child marriage, polygamy, and human trafficking. I'm just saying. And then there's a comment to this where somebody says this part, right? Affirming it like, yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. All right, so they're trying to make the claim that Scripture, the Bible, affirms incest, child marriage, polygamy, and human trafficking. These are biblical examples. Of course, um, if you read Scripture from start to finish, uh, Scripture actually lays out the template for what a marriage should look like, one man and one woman, period. Anytime we read in Scripture of a marriage contained within the pages of Scripture that doesn't fit that template, one man and one woman, it is always a disaster. Always. 100% of the time. And it's viewed as a whole across the sweep of Scripture as ungodly, as veering from the template that God has created. So yes, it's in the Bible. Uh, but that's different than saying the Bible affirms it. More on that in a minute. So we're going to get to the heart of the fallacy. We got another example of something very similar. This person posts, 
And this was seen, uh, shared 119 times, liked 615 times, um, 68,000 impressions. This person says, bigamy is biblical. Slavery is biblical. Genocide is biblical. Anti-Semitism is biblical. Stoning people is biblical. Come on, people, stop this. And that was in response to someone saying, you know, I studied and I found that patriarchal is uh, patriarchy is biblical. Homosexuality is not. So <laughs> you have a, what appears to be a conservative and a liberal arguing here that uh, perhaps the conservative saying patriarchal patriarchy is biblical, but the conservative is using the term biblical in the same exact way that the liberal is using the term biblical, and they're both committing a fallacy. All right, so this is a huge problem. Um, and what we need to understand is a little bit about the word or the suffix ikel. It, um, it has uh, comes from Greek ikos. Um, ancient Greek ecos, and then it makes its way down through Latin, and then it makes its way through French and Old English into English. And um, what you find in around the 1200s, 1300s, 1400s is this ick and ickle suffix. They're starting to be used in exchange, although ickle, I-C-A-L, uh, is dominant, right? And if you were to go back and look at um, by the way, there are complete volumes, complete books written on Ick and Ickle, okay? Um, just Google it, Google Books. Um, if you go back and look at the data, what you find is that in 12, 13, 1400s, um, Ickle was the preferred ending, and this is a way to essentially make a noun into an adjective, right? So if you take something like, uh, I don't know, comic, and add ickle on, so you get comical. You make the the noun into an adjective. Well, as time progresses up until the modern day, um, ick starts to take over, probably because of that fundamental rule in language where humans are just lazy and they want to make things as easy as possible, and so we're keen on shortening words. That may be a part of it. Um, but for the most part, words with ick and ickle are pretty much interchangeable right? Um, there are some that have differences, and um, you, can find, you can find handfuls of examples of those. So I'm not saying they're always the same, but um, essentially that ickle is making the noun into an adjective. But here's the thing. There are two different meanings to ick or ickle, okay? The first one is it means pertaining to, and the second is affirmed by. Well, another way we could put this is one is descriptive, that it's pertaining to, and one is prescriptive, right? It's prescribing, it's affirmed by. So there's a difference between descriptive and prescriptive, or pertaining to and affirmed by. So think about the word military. Let's make it into a noun and add that ick, militaristic, right? We could talk about militaristic studies, these are studies pertaining to military, right? And we could talk about a militaristic worldview. Well, that is a worldview affirmed by military principles. 
or we could talk about um, we could take ecology and turn it into an adjective ecological right you could have uh, ecological studies studies pertaining to ecology but that's different than an ecological worldview the ecological worldview is literally a, a worldview that says everything is essentially one uh, God humans nature all of it. this is all just one that's an ecological worldview again you can google it um, we could use Pharise uh, Pharisee, right? That's a noun. And then Pharisaic. You could even do Pharisaical to make the equal. So Pharisaic or Pharisaical. A Pharisaical studies, right, are studies pertaining to the Pharisees. But a Pharisaical worldview or a Pharisaic worldview is a worldview affirmed by the Pharisees. Or by Pharisees, right? So militaristic, um, uh, ecological, and Pharisaic or Pharisaical, these can can carry both connotations, pertaining to or affirmed by, and those two things, depending on what you mean, mean vastly different things. I could be engaged in Pharisaic studies or Pharisaical studies, but that doesn't mean I have a Pharisaical worldview. Right? I can I can do studies pertaining to the Pharisees, but that doesn't mean that uh, I affirm a Pharisaic worldview, right? Um, or affirm the teachings of the Pharisees. I could engage in um, militaristic studies, but that doesn't mean I have a militaristic worldview. That uh, I affirm a worldview based on the principles of military, right? Um, I could engage in ecological studies, but that doesn't mean I hold an ecological worldview or I view everything as one. Okay, so the same thing is true of the word biblical. In one sense, it has that connotation, the descriptive connotation pertaining to. And in other contexts, it has the prescriptive connotation um, affirming, uh, affirmed by. This is critical to understand this so we can point this out to people. And um, when I'm talking about biblical studies, for example, um, these are studies pertaining to the Bible. And in the field of biblical studies, believe it or not, uh, people who are doing that are not always affirming. I know a number of atheists who are, um, have jobs in the field of biblical studies. Uh, biblical narrative. That is narrative pertaining to the Bible. Biblical canon, that is a collection of works pertaining to the Bible. Biblical chronology, that is chronology pertaining to the Bible. So biblical studies, biblical narrative, the, uh, biblical canon, biblical chronology, those are all descriptive, pertaining to. But then when I start to talk about biblical theology, I'm no longer talking about pertaining to. I'm talking about the, theological views or theology affirmed by the Bible, right? If I talk about a biblical worldview, I'm not talking about a worldview as, from a Christian perspective pertaining to the Bible. I'm talking about a worldview affirmed by the Bible. Biblical teaching. I'm not talking about necessarily just teaching pertaining to the Bible. I'm talking as a Christian about teaching affirmed by the Bible and as a whole, right? Biblical theology. Uh, theology affirmed by the Bible as a whole, biblical worldview, worldview affirmed by the Bible as a whole, 
a biblical teaching, a teaching affirmed by the Bible as a whole, a biblical doctrine, doctrine affirmed by the Bible as a whole, not just doctrine pertaining to the Bible, but doctrine affirmed by the Bible as a whole. And so what's happening in those example of those social media posts I just showed you is the fall what we call the fallacy of ambiguity. And more particularly, like if you think of the fallacy of ambiguity and you click on it, there's like a drop down. Right. There's actually several fallacies of ambiguity. And one of those is called the fallacy of equivocation. Then the fallacy of equivocation occurs when a word or especially a keyword is used in two or more senses in the same argument. Right. And the the success of the argument or the point being made depends on the shift in meaning. So it allows them to equivocate and be ambiguous. And that's exactly what's happening in those social media posts. They're equivocating on the meaning biblical, right? Whenever they want to, when, when somebody says like bigamy is biblical or patriarchy is biblical, well, biblical in what sense? Pertaining to or affirmed by? Because yes, there is... Um, there is patriarchy in the Bible, but is it affirmed by it? Uh, and to what degree and in what ways? There is polygamy in the Bible, but is it affirmed by it? No, it never is. It's there, but it's not affirmed by it. So it's pertaining to the Bible and it's descriptive of what's in the Bible, but the Bible doesn't ever prescribe it. Anytime you see someone engaging in polygamy, it always results in disaster. It's sinful. Uh, that's why. Um, and you have those other examples that, that they realize genocide is biblical. Well, in what sense? It's in the Bible or it's affirmed by the Bible? Because there's a difference. Um, Anti-Semitism is biblical. In what sense? It's, it's pertaining to the Bible or it's affirmed by it? Just because there are characters or people in the Bible doing something or saying something and it's in there, doesn't mean the Bible is affirming it, right? The Bible uh, mentions homosexuality uh, numerous times, but it's not affirming it, right? The Bible mentions murder, but it's not affirming it. Just because it's in there, it's described in there, descriptive, that doesn't mean it's prescriptive. And a lot of the fallacies that happen with regard to theological claims and claims made about the interpretation of Scripture can almost a lot of them can trace their um, the fallacy right back to this descriptive versus prescriptive. I mean, for example, um, Jesus ate fish. Well, I don't eat fish, right? So um, is Jesus eating fish descriptive or prescriptive? Well, it's not prescriptive. We're not commanded to eat fish, right? So it's descriptive of what Jesus is doing, but I don't have to do it. It's not prescriptive. Right. Um, and Jesus is uh, walking around on dirt roads with sandals. And when, when Jesus prays, he often goes up on into out into a wilderness place. That's descriptive. Do I have to walk around on dirty roads with sandals or do I have to go out to a wilderness place when I want to pray? No, it's not prescriptive. It's descriptive. Right. So when it comes back to these claims about genocide and um, polygamy and anti-Semitism and slavery is biblical, well, in what sense? 
Just because it's described there doesn't mean it's prescribed. At the end of Genesis, when Joseph engages in slavery, it turns out to be an absolute disaster. Right? It's described in Scripture, but it's never prescribed. So we need to understand the difference between description and prescription, and that's often bound up in this fallacy of ambiguity. And a lot of times with that, within that, the fallacy of equivocation. And this is key because people equivocate on words a lot, especially when the, that word or the definition of that word allows them to bounce back and forth between what they mean, right? This happens on social media a ton, that somebody will post something and you challenge it, and their first response, you didn't understand what I meant by that word. And it allows them to equivocate and define uh, the word at that point in the way that's beneficial to them. them. So you have this fallacy of equivocation. Uh, remember, equivocation occurs when a word or a keyword is used in two or more senses, like biblical, right? And uh, within the same argument and the success of the argument depends on being able to shift, uh, navigate the shifts in meaning to one's advantage, right? So no, um, uh, anti-Semitism isn't biblical, slavery isn't biblical, genocide isn't biblical, that's all false if you mean uh, that it's affirming of, but it's true if we're talking about pertaining to. So we need to be clear when somebody says something is biblical, the first question we might want to ask them is, well, what do you mean by that? That it's descriptive, that is it's pertaining to the Bible or it's prescriptive, that is it's affirmed by the Bible, right? And uh, you need to know that anytime, uh, People are trying to make these arguments about, uh, it's happening a lot with sexuality, right? Like uh, incest, child marriage, polygamy, human trafficking, um, homosexuality, whatever. All these issues surrounding sexuality, people do this a lot. This is biblical. Well, what do you mean by that? Prescriptive or descriptive? Like affirming of or just in relation to? And uh, nail people down in what they're what they're meaning by the word biblical. That's really important. All right. I hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills, but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glow's House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glowsahouse.com today. Glosa House, language resources for the global community.